What's hot guys, it's Leslie. You guys have caught me this week in Dallas, Texas. I'm on my way to San Antonio for a short film premiere, but I had to stop and put someone on the spot on my way down. So this week, without further ado, I am presenting to you a dear friend of mine, Lara Days. She is a health and wellness holistic coach um, with a focus on intuitive eating counseling as well as a yoga teacher and um, a F45 fitness instructor here in Dallas. Lara is really a whole package deal. So I'm so excited to get her in the car. I say that every week, but it's true. Every week it just gets more and more exciting. Um, like I said, thank you guys again just so much for watching. It means a lot to me that you are interested in uh, who I'm picking up and what we have to share. So I should be pulling up to her house here in just a couple seconds. Um, and we're going to have a nice little drive around Dallas and talk about some stuff that's going on in her world. We're going to talk about some music because her music taste shocked me when I learned. But now that I know her really well, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to introduce you guys to Lara Days. Um, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you should. She's got loads of free content. She has group programs. She has one-on-one -on -one sessions. She does intensives. If you um, maybe struggle with your relationship with food, if you struggle with your relationship with your body, if you struggle with um, your relationship with movement, Lara is a great follow um, because her number one passion in this world is helping other people heal um, their relationship with food and themselves. So um, I'm gonna pull up to her house here in about 20 seconds and run inside real quick, give her a hug, and then you'll catch her here on the spot. Hey friends, I'm so stoked you've dropped by for a ride today. Each episode, you'll tag along with me picking up my guests, talking about what's hot in their lives and on their heart. And you never know what surprises might be in my sleeve. Here's what's hot on the spot. Now, let's hit the road. What's hot? What's up? Welcome to What's Hot on the Spot. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> Me too. Great. So the first thing I need to tell you is that I have no idea where I'm driving to right now. Cool. So I'm just going to drive around. If you want to, at some point in time, be like, oh, you should turn here for whatever reason. Cool. I'll do it. Let's go straight. Let's go straight. We'll drive down Swiss Alps. And avoid a wreck right here. Oh my How God. many wrecks happen in this little corner? Well, I've caught about eight on video. Eight on video? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Um, Two truths and a lie. Think about it for a second. Yeah, take a second. So I've introduced you as a holistic health and wellness coach with an emphasis on intuitive eating counseling, but ultimately you have like a big passion just for like helping anyone heal like their relationship with food or their body or yes. um, all of the above. Yeah, all of the above. Body image, food freedom. Yeah, very good. You crushed it. Cool. I hey I I I would say that I did my research, but I think I just know you pretty well. So at this rate. You got, uh, a, you got a good two truths and a lie up there yet? <clears throat> sure, we'll go for it. All right, let's hear it. All right. Number one, mm -hmm. I've never broken a bone. Okay. Number two. Oh, this is a four-way stop now. I forgot. <laughs> Look at um, them putting in stop signs. Yeah, we love that. We know it's possible. We love stop signs. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> I am a first-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Okay. Number three. 
lived in France. Oh, okay. I've never heard you talk about living overseas for any point in time, but that would not shock me if you did like a study abroad in France or something when you're in school. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with that's true. And you were just too specific about your Taekwondo belt for you to just like make that up that fast, I think. So I'm gonna say you have broken a bone. So your lie is that you've never broken a bone. Good job. Yes. I will say I've only broken really small bones. So I often get away with that one because I've broken like two toes okay. and okay. a really small bone in my foot. I've broken this wrist and this arm and you can tell because when I put them side by side, this one's bowed. Isn't that loads of fun? Yeah, I don't like feet, so I won't make you look at my feet, but like <laughs> I have two toes that are like definitely not the same on one foot as they are on the other foot. I would have no problem looking at your feet if we weren't in a vehicle. That's fair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's fair. That's funny. Anyways, tell me about your time in France. Did you, What were you studying? I was. So I was a voice performance major, as right, you know, and right. we have to take language classes because okay. um, we have to sing in French. Yeah. German, Italian. Of languages. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I was taking too many classes during the actual school year to like get all my language requirements Ooh. finished. So I did a study abroad in France for a summer. So I lived in Montpellier for two months. That's super cool. I didn't know yeah. that about you. It was, I mean, I was 20. This was 15 years ago. I, long time ago. I really wanted to study abroad when I was in college, but I was young and in a serious relationship and didn't know any better to, you know, just do what was best for me at the time. That's fair. But um, I would still like to live overseas at some point in time. I actually had a tarot reader tell me one time I would move overseas oh. in my 30s or 40s and that everybody would tell me that it was nuts, but I needed to do it because it was what was best for me. All right. So she was like, don't forget that when you get older. And I was like, all right, I won't. Don't you worry. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see where you move. Don't you worry. Hey, thanks. You can come visit anytime. <laughs> I'll go come visit for sure. Anytime. <laughs> so you had mentioned vocal performance major. I think that's another reason why I, we clicked so well is because we kind of have the same background of like vocal performance and like maybe living in and sitting in the toxicity of vocal performance mm -hmm. and yeah. then growing from it. Did your time in like studying vocal performance have any impact on your relationship with your body or your relationship with food? Um, I'm going to say for me personally, not really. Okay. And I say that mostly just because I've always been in a straight sized body. Mm. Um, Fair. but I will say that I witnessed a lot of really toxic um, commentary mm. to my colleagues yeah. and other students um, and so like I was not I was not the target but I was for sure the witness mm. and um, I knew that it was like not okay right. super toxic right super um, yeah like knowing that people had the best voice for the role and seeing them not be cast because oh, they were in a larger body is like, I mean, I guess that does have a, an indirect impact because if I'm getting a role over someone who I know is better than I am, like that impacts my relationship with them potentially. It impacts my belief that I actually deserve the role. Mm. So the whole thing, I mean, this is a great example of like, no one's free till we're all free. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So just because I wasn't the target doesn't mean I wasn't impacted. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say a little bit of that led you to the work you're in now. Oh, for sure. Right? I would say so. Um, and I think another part of it that I actually talked to uh, my friend Lisa about on her podcast, um, she does similar work and she was an oboe player. And we talked about how music itself was a safe place for us to like actually feel. Mm. And we're not really taught how to feel mm. and how to like sit with emotions and experience emotions, but music always felt like a safe place to do that. Mm. Yeah. And so I think having that experience and also as a singer, I think it's different too because my body is my instrument. Yeah. And so knowing the the importance of taking care of it has impacted my work I think for sure yeah um and just having a different level of connection with my body as a singer versus someone who whose body isn't necessarily yeah their moneymaker so to right speak. right yeah. when I was performing heavily I did not have a healthy relationship with my body I had a healthy relationship with my voice but even that relationship in itself wasn't enough to support my whole being in the yeah. performance world. And that's one of the reasons why I backed out of it and went into speech pathology was because I knew I was in a bigger body. I knew how rigorous it was gonna be to get in a program, let alone, you know, get jobs one day. So um, sometimes I wish that I would have just like fought fought the good fight and mm -hmm. done what I was passionate about at the time. Now I'm now I see why I didn't and you know everything happens for a reason, but I was I was super impacted by that. And it's something that I'm still like healing from sometimes now yeah. too with with especially with voice and performance and, and body in general. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting that you mentioned um you had a good relationship with your voice but not your body mm -hmm. and like I'm just reminded how much compartmentalizing we do as if your voice is not your body and your right. body is not your voice. Like, right. they're kind of the same. They are, they are That's like saying I have a really good relationship with my arm, but not but my not body. My, not yeah, my body. yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> I guess I should have said I was taking care of my voice when I wasn't fully yeah. taking, when I wasn't taking care of my whole body. I was specifically healing and working on yeah. just this portion when I was ignoring <laughs> the other everything else 100% of it 90% yeah. of it or whatever yeah so tell me why you gravitated towards intuitive eating you actually correct me if I'm wrong you were in the fitness world and working with clients before you transitioned to intuitive eating right yes okay what yeah. why was that so when I started I was it was about it was a little over four years ago when I started my coaching business um and I was doing my precision nutrition level one certification, which was great. Super glad I did that. Um, I just recently did their level two, which is a master health coaching certification. Uh, so I love them. But I was emulating coaches. I've never been over here before, by the it's way. It's pretty. It's really pretty. Yeah. Um, I was emulating the coaches that I had had, not knowing that they weren't actually coaching and that they weren't great coaches. Ooh, okay. And so, um, I saw pretty quickly as I started working with clients that, um, giving people macros and having them track things was all just very surface level. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes there might be a physical change, but the mindset wasn't necessarily changing. Mm -hmm. Um, their lives weren't changing. Yeah. And I like, that's fine. If people want to help others like change their body, if they're doing it in a healthy way, like that's, you go do that. Mm -hmm. 
I, that's not deep enough for me. Right. I care a lot about impact. I care a lot about um, leaving a legacy. And so when I was seeing that like, everyone was kind of hitting the same roadblocks, everyone was kind of plateauing, mm -hmm. I knew that I needed to start going deeper, which I naturally started to do vision board over here. These houses are sick. <laughs> you and I will take that one. Drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I naturally just started going deeper with my clients. Um, and of course some of them fell off cause they were like, I didn't sign up for this shit. Right. Um, <laughs> I lost, a, I've lost a lot of clients in these pivots for sure. And okay. also of course attracted some that were more aligned. Right. Absolutely. Um, like you, but, um, I don't know how aligned I was at the beginning though. Let's let's mention that. There was a time where you were like, Leslie, are you done counting your calories yet? <laughs> and but I'm... we have to get to that place, you know? And as you said, there was like a reason that you were there. You just like yeah. didn't know what it was yet. Yeah. Um and you got there. I got there. But um, <laughs> for sure. You you had the buy-in, you just weren't like the actions had to follow. Right. You know? I would say I would I was probably one you did call in. It just took me a minute to yeah. To get, to get to the fully actual, on board. Yeah, to get mm -hmm. to the platform of what you were really doing. Totally. Um, but it's important to note that you have and offer so, like, with, like a plethora of things for people who do want to continue, like, counting their calories or doing, and like, if, the, like you said, if you're doing it healthy, you also have other things to offer to continue healing the whole body. I do. I don't do any calorie counting. Right. No. Um, as an intuitive eating counselor, I am. At a oh, dead end. Look at this. Uh, it's a nice street, but yeah, a dead end. Um, <laughs> as an intuitive eating counselor, I cannot intentionally like help people lose weight or manipulate their body shape, or I can lose my certification. Ooh, if somebody weren't coming to you for intuitive eating or, or body or anything like that, kind of like I was at the beginning. I was just kind of looking for more like wholeness of my life. I was, mm, I was I looking see. for all the pieces, but that well, was to me, it's all related. Yeah, to me, it's it the is. same. And it I, was, I was explaining this to someone recently. Um, actually, it was one of my coaches. She was like, well, you know, you have your like intuitive eating and then you have your body trust collaborative. And I was like, the goal's the same. Yeah. It's just a different structure. Sure. Absolutely. It's whether or not we're like specifically working through the intuitive eating principles in an intentional way mm. or whether we're just having coaching conversations and making our way that direction naturally. Yeah. Um, but it's all really the same goal. Right. The only time I will shift is if I'm working with an athlete. I do have one client currently who um, he's training for a half Ironman in April of next year. Mm. And he is severely under eating. So for mm. him... We are setting intentional calorie minimum goals okay. where like you need to eat at least this much every day to support your training. But we're not restricting. No, it's the opposite. Yeah. He has been restricting. So okay. it's like we're using that as a way to increase calories, increase nutrients, increase energy to better support his training because he's not going to get any better if he's right. not recovering, right? not eating, you know? Um, so that is the, the one thing kind of the one thing outside of intuitive eating that I do offer because I am a certified sports nutritionist as well. Um, I knew there was more in there. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it wasn't until, let's see, I had started taking my clients a little bit deeper and people started asking me if I was coaching intuitive eating and I didn't know what that was. So I was like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Okay. And then I finally read the book, and I was like, oh, oh. I guess I kind of am. Okay. I just didn't know that's what it was. Okay. So the irony is like... I was intuitively already coaching intuitively. Yeah. <laughs> like intuitive eating. Um, I mean, that's what, that kind of is what happens when you just find alignment. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. And, and with what you were doing in your realm of the world, um, it just made sense and felt probably the best. Mm-hmm. You know, once, I feel like once I started intuitively eating, my body felt better all the time. And that's essentially what happens. Right. Um, but... Yeah, it's also interesting because obviously you need a name for intuitive eating. Intuitive living sounds really broad in general, um, and it does center our relationship with food and body, but intuitive eating is really more about intuitive living. If we look at the principles, one of them is to cope with our emotions with kindness. One of them is to respect our body. One of them is to... um, move joyfully, uh, exercise, feel the difference. So it's not all about food um, because everything relates. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's kind of where my mind went when I was asking you earlier about like, you know, if someone were, were, were coming to you not for food, intuitive living essentially will lead you to intuitive eating. And that's where you got the connect of it's always the end goal. Because it's all, it's all, you have, it's all holistic. It's all whole person. It is. I will say, like, my niche is folks who struggle with their relationship with food and body. Because um, we can't help everyone. Right. right? And right. so, like, I have to draw a line somewhere where, you know, I know a lot of life coaches or spiritual coaches who don't focus as much on the food and body mm-hmm. um, that I can refer out to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, to your point, we're not compartmentalizing. Right. Like, right. I have to that. Yeah. <laughs> just wrapping up our three years of coaching this month. Yeah, she's been with me for a really long time. But there was like a whole span of months where she was looking for a new job and having to move across the country. And like, we're not talking about nutrition. We're not talking about movement. We're talking about regulating your nervous system, changing your mindset around finding a good job, setting non-negotiables for your job, setting boundaries, like all of that relates to our health. Mm -hmm. And so when I use the word holistic, that's what I mean. We're looking at the whole person. We're looking at their whole life experience because there's no way that you can have an emotional experience that doesn't impact you physically. Right. There's no way that our relationships are not impacting us physically. Yeah. Everything is impacting everything. Right. Because we're only one person. We live in one body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's where, that's kind of where I sat with you mm-hmm. for a while was because I wasn't, like, I wasn't coming to you with with concerns for food or my relationship with food. I was overworked. I was overstressed. I wasn't in touch with my emotions. I was disassociated from my body. Mm-hmm. And through our work in that, now I'm also intuitively eating for sure you know yeah and I like how you use the word non-negotiable we haven't had a conversation about non-negotiables before but I did just have one with um my cousin who is a personal trainer up in Chicago Mm. because I quit going to the gym like eight months ago and I just went back for the first time this last week and I had messaged him about you know just going back and I I was doing some workouts that he had sent me a while ago Mm -hmm. and 
he had said to me, he was like, Leslie, just don't forget on the days where you don't feel like it or, you know, whatever. Just remember that that movement and, and doing good for your body is a non-negotiable. And I was like, oh, I never <laughs> thought about it like that. Yeah. I never thought about it as a non-negotiable. It's just what we, it's just what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, part of the work that I do too is like deciding what that means for each individual client mm. and using that intuitive eating lens to kind of dictate what that means. Right. Because mm -hmm. I think there's a really big difference between waking up feeling, let's say I didn't sleep well, I'm feeling super sore from my workout yesterday and I've told myself that I have to go do a workout. Mm. That's not intuitive and that's not honoring my body. Right. I Whereas like if I wake up and taking care of my body is a non-negotiable, then it's like, okay, I probably need to stretch. I need to make sure I hydrate really well. Like what am I, what are my today actions mm. that are nourishing for my body? Right. Because one of them is honoring our body. One of them is simply saying, I'm disciplined and I said I'm going to do this thing. So I'm going to do this thing. Even if I don't need it today, mm -hmm. that's not intuitive. And that's mm -hmm. probably not best serving your body in that moment. Right. Before you started talking about honoring your body, in my mind, I was thinking, I'm going to ask her what her definition of honoring her body is. <laughs> That's so Way funny. to intuitively just read my mind, you know? Yeah. So, so why do we talk about that? <laughs> right? Well, because it's, I mean, it's so important. I And I think, I appreciate the intent behind this, like, fitness industry messaging that's like stay committed to yourself and be disciplined and have willpower because I think building grit and resilience is important. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we've grown up in this hustle culture where people think that doing the most means is the same as doing the best. Mm, yeah. And it's not like that was me. more isn't always better. More yeah. is just more. And I think it's more challenging for a lot of people to rest and to listen to their body and to honor what it actually needs. Yeah. And so that is actually how we build that grit and resilience mm -hmm. because it's like, it's really easy for a lot of us to just plow through everything and do the most and let our ego run the show, which yeah. is essentially that's the difference, right? Is yeah. like our thinking brain, our ego is like, you have to do the thing. Mm -hmm. Our body is like, bitch, slow down. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do that today. Like, mm -hmm. listen to me because I know best. That was me in January. That was me like November, December, January, because I wanted to go to the gym. Like I wanted to, I wanted to go to uh, obtain like feeling good in my body. I was thinking about like my future health, but I also mm -hmm. was like hustling because I wanted to, to do all the things to stay on track to be consistent da, 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 and then I burnt myself out. Yeah. And I mean, another thing to know is that a lot of people confuse consistency with perfection. That was me. Consistent doesn't mean every day. Yeah. Consistent doesn't mean the exact same, right? right? Like consistent could mean intentional movement three days a week. That's what my new perspective is, is when he said non-negotiables to me, I said to myself, I need to go and do a good, I need to do a good movement for my body three days a week on the days that I feel good. Yeah. Because I did a squat day three days ago for the first time in eight months and I still feel like I have walking jello legs. I was going to say, you're probably sore as shit. <laughs> I still have walking jello legs. And if I were at home right now, my body or my mind, my ego would be like, okay, go to the gym. You rested yesterday, go to the gym. Mm, yeah. But since I'm out of town and I'm here and I can't, 
I'm like, oh, it's probably better for my body that I am not, you know, that I don't go do another intense workout while I still feel yeah. super, super sore. I can take two days. Totally. Three and, days. And if you feel like moving, if you start to feel stiff yeah. and restless, like you can go for a walk. Yeah. You can stretch. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you're staying, but like maybe there's a pool and you swim a little. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't have to go do an intense hay flutter. Sorry, what's up, Fletcher? You don't have to do an intense <laughs> workout, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, I guess we can take a little pause there since Fletcher wanted to, to sing a second. I would like you to play a song that you enjoy moving your body to. Oh gosh, okay. Um, and it can be how, anything. I don't know how to use Apple Music. Just type in the search bar the song title, and I bet you'll find it. Okay, hold on. Let me look at my my recent jams. There are probably like fifteen songs. As, honestly, so as you should. Let's find one. Let's find one. Yeah. So also, like, while I'm, you know, going with this new perspective of like moving three times a day, is plenty. While I create routine and create habits and um, work on myself as a whole person, right? I feel like earlier this year even, I was still compartmentalizing mm -hmm. my body from my mind to my spirit. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that's what balance is all about. <laughs> it's not about taking care of one at a time. It's about taking care of them all as a whole. Equally, yeah, as a whole. and like thinking about... I just had an intensive with someone yesterday and she was saying she like really, really struggles to take care of herself. Mm. Um, not because she doesn't know how, not because she doesn't know cognitively that it's important, right. but um, she was saying she doesn't like to follow rules and she likes to rebel. And I was like, cool. So since we know that most people are not taking care of themselves and since we know that as women we've been conditioned to put everyone before ourselves isn't it actually an act of rebellion for you to take care of yourself and she was like yes <laughs> yes it is because uh, I also don't like to follow rules, which is another thing that's beautiful about intuitive eating is like the rules don't exist. Right. There are principles that we follow to help us bring us back to ourselves. Mm. And we pretty much see that like those ebb and flow, mm. they're adaptable mm -hmm. and it's not a rigid rule. It's like, oh, I'm not doing that thing. And I've noticed that I don't feel as good now. Like I'm going to start mm -hmm. doing that thing again. Mm-hmm. I did find a song. Are we ready for it? Please play it. Okay. I think it's this one. Is this it? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think this one works. Like I said, there are a lot. This one works. If you, like I said, it's just a move, a move your body song. Okay. And I love how chill it is at first. It has a huge bass drop, isn't it? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I said at the beginning, I was like, I'm nowhere to talk about music because when uh, I first learned what her music taste was, I was shocked. But now that I know you, I'm not talking about <laughs> So funny. Mm. And of course it's Flume. I love Flume. Have you seen song yet? No. Okay. Have you seen them recently? No, I haven't seen him since pre-COVID. Yeah. I saw him in uh, I 
slap you in the face at the beginning. It's like, it's like a nice chill. It's nice and lubed. Yeah. Lubed up. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> not going in dry. No. Absolutely not. I feel like this this is a great song to like prep good movement. You can really get a good stretch throughout the beginning. Yeah. And then I can only imagine how the end's going to be. So I'm doing a plume versus Millennium power flow. In of course you are. shows or whatever I was either outside or listening to music for a lot of it that's fair yeah and people ask me all the time do you know this movie do you know that movie do you know this movie and I'm like nope we don't really watch movies either I was like I cannot tell you a single phrase out of that movie sorry <laughs> the only movie I can really quote I think is like Mean Girls and maybe I Love You Man okay yeah, you haven't seen those? I've seen Mean Girls. Okay. I have not seen I Love You Man. I Love You Man's funny. Is it? Who's in Step it? Step Brothers is good, too. Step Brothers is good. Um, who's in I Love You Man? Hold on. I don't know actor names. That's That's, okay. that's another thing Feel about Feel free me. to look it up. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Paul Rudd. Oh, And Jason yeah. Segel. And yeah. Rashida Jones. I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's I good. know what you're talking I about. I like that one. 
As soon as you said Rashida Jones, I was like, oh, right. And I do know her name because I met her, so. You've um, met Rashida Jones? Yeah, so fun fact about Lara. Um, when I was in grad school, I was a lead for the Obama volunteers. Okay. And um, so I phone banked with Justin Long. Okay. And I introduced Rashida Jones and Adam Scott. Oh, wow. I got a picture with them. That's super cool. Uh, did you watch Obama's Parks and Hand? Did you watch Parks and Rec? No, I don't watch TV. <laughs> I mean, I knew who they were. Yeah. Um, See, I watch, I watch TV, I watch TV shows through college, like on I Netflix or something like that. I didn't like have that. a TV in college. Well. <sighs> yeah, probably, I probably shouldn't have, but. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> That's okay. We all live and we learn. And you shook Obama's hand? Yeah. How was that experience? And I gave Michelle a hug. <gasps> She's great. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm more jealous that you hugged her than shook his hand. Did he have a nice handshake? Yeah. Okay, I'm not surprised by Soft that. Soft hands. Soft hands. Yeah. Probably moisturizes a lot. Probably. Probably takes care of his skin. Yeah. yeah. The importance. Totally. <laughs> Michelle's very tall. I bet she is. Um, yeah, she's very tall. I mean, we are relatively, I mean, we're considered, aren't we considered short? I'm 5'5", five five, which is average. Okay, so I'm 5'4", so I'm going to take that as average. Cool. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I know that your favorite, um, like, musical genre is really, is like EDM and like dubstep. If you had Ish. to turn on some, what would you say? Ish? I don't really have a favorite genre. Well, that's what I was about to say. If you're going to gravitate towards another type of genre, where would you where would you go next? So the genre is dictated by what I'm doing. I love that. Um, so like, if I'm working out, it's basically only like hardcore bass. Whether that's hip hop, whether that's emo, whether that's dubstep or trap, it's like heavy, dirty music. I love that. Um, if I am working way different we've got like equanimous and sigarose and like ethereal yeah. stuff because i will get distracted by music i can't actually even listen to most classical music while i work because i analyze the chord progressions um <laughs> you're great so um and anything with lyrics i'll start listening to it sigarose works because it's a made-up language okay um yeah, they sing in Hopelandic, which is a language they made up just for their music. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So, uh, huh. yeah. And then uh, if you went through, like, my liked songs, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I you don't have, have favorite anything genre. with music? You have favorite artists? I probably have, like, a top ten. Top ten? <laughs> I feel like, that. It's really, really may, maybe I could narrow it down to a top five. I would probably say like Purity Ring, Millennium, Sia. I saw her. Same. I cried. You cried? She is one of the only people I've ever seen live that sounds insanely, like somehow better live than in the studio. Mm, okay. It was insane. Yeah. I was not expecting to cry. I started crying the second she started singing. <gasps> yeah. Um, mm, mm, you got it. You're at three. You got two more in there. And it, like, changes, too. I went through a big Oh Wonder phase, but I haven't really listened to them in a while. So what were you listening to in, like, college? Oh, my God. I have no idea. You don't? 
You don't remember? No. All right, you probably weren't listening to anything because you were too I was busy literally, studying. Yeah, I was like listening to my fucking music theory assignments <laughs> and like my music history pieces mm. that I had to memorize and my my music that I had to yeah. memorize. Yeah, true statement. Um, That's like art, art. Maria, our shared friend Maria, let yeah. me know the other day. She was like, "You'd be so proud." I sang to music I loved in the on the way home the other oh, day. Oh, we love that! I was like, "Yay!" I'm so glad to do it because it's so important as singers, especially professional singers, to keep singing because you love it and not because it's your job. Agreed. You got to do both, you know. Agree. You know. Um. Oh, Kevin Garrett. He's Who's definitely that? in the top five. Do you want to listen? You to should him? play one of his songs. Okay. Yeah. Please. That sounds He's great. great. I've seen him like four times. Hmm. What other music festivals have you been to outside of Bonnery? Lollapalooza, ACL, uh, Lights All Night, North Coast, Coachella. The, ma the majority of those aren't camping festivals like Bonnery. Right? Um, I can't. We camped at Coachella. You camp at Coachella? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can do either. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Who did you see at Coachella? What year was that? Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember those things. I've been to so many. I like fell. I'll yeah. be there one day. Um, <laughs> I went in 2017. Okay. Yeah, that was pre-COVID. We lost a lot of those. A lot of that. Those mine. Those memories. Well, and I just like. I've been to so many and they're all structured so similarly I that like know. I don't even remember what the stages names are at certain festivals versus others. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the only reason I remember the stage names at Bonnaroo is because they're so random and they never change. The what, which, what, how, whatever. When my heart's Welcome to Lower Greenville. Hey, thanks. Sucker. 
right, this episode's gonna be, gonna be, uh, I guess we can call it bumpy. <laughs> skin because a lot of the people around us don't know us you know and like don't don't know who we are or what labels we do or don't like or you know things like that can you kind of mention on why it's important to you to like online specifically? yeah I think really it's like a visibility thing for yeah. me um I I don't really use labels and yeah. I always get like wary about saying that because I know that there are people who like their queerness or their bi-ness or gayness Whatever. is like a huge part of their identity. Yeah. Um, I always just kind of have felt like sexual orientation lies on a spectrum. Yeah. And some of us are over here. Some of us are over, you can't see my hand over here. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us fall somewhere in the middle. So like yeah. proportion wise, 90% of the humans I ever dated were men. Right. Um, 10% were, if that, it might even be closer to like 95 and 5. Sure. Like, very small percentage. But I think that, like, part of my work is about breaking down and challenging our assumptions about people. Mm. Right? So, like, yeah. oh, some this person lives in a fat body. Clearly, they're not healthy. Like, that's fucking not true. Not like, true, yeah. there are healthy bodies of all different shapes and sizes, and there are unhealthy bodies of all different shapes and sizes. And, like, seeing that I'm in a heterosexual marriage yeah. like doesn't mean that you know anything about me and so I think right. really the the reason that I share is less about me expressing my own sense of self and identity and more about like hey let's all remember that like we can't tell everything about a person yeah. just based on what we're seeing from the outside Yeah, it's really empowering like for me because I, I really, I mean, I really resonate with that because I, I was discovering my sexuality later in my young adult life. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say same. I didn't, I don't think I dated a woman or hooked up with a woman until I was like 25. Yeah. So, and especially since so many, like you said, people don't know us, even though they think they know us, mm -hmm. you know, and we're, everybody's always evolving. We're always changing. Yeah. Um, I like the concept of thinking of that as a spectrum. I've never really thought of sexuality on a spectrum before. Yeah. That's like I like how that. I've always really seen it. That's cool. I really I really dig that. Cuz I've been thinking about that recently too because I've never like never actually like came out to my family. So grandparents if you're listening, sorry. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> um but, like, I'm pretty open online and, like, yeah. in my social circles and things like that. It's not anything I'm, like, ashamed to talk about by yeah. any means. Um, 
yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just trying to figure out, like, who you are. Trying to figure out who you are is one of the hardest fucking things to do on this earth. And as we grow up, our, I feel like people make it seem just so, like, nonchalant. Like, become like becoming an adult and becoming an adult and doing adult things and yada, yada, yada. Where we don't talk about evolving as actual individuals with a soul. No, like because there's this trajectory that we're supposed to follow to keep people comfortable. Yeah. And sorry, but your comfort is not my responsibility. Yeah. Comfortable or to keep us, like, in line of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we gotta keep the status quo. Not in our you own know? line. Keep people in their place. Yeah. Good luck trying to keep me in my place. Yeah. <laughs> I know my place. You just don't know my place. Amen to that. <laughs> the surprise is gonna be when you find out my place. <laughs> what an Aquarius thing of you to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where are we in relation to your house? We actually never wandered super far so we can go we can keep going straight okay do you think we have another like 10 minutes worth of looping yeah okay cool we're probably about 10 minutes away okay cool now uh-huh. I have to, now I really need to think about what yeah, I want to ask you else you want to you want to make sure we talk about yeah because you, earlier when we were talking you kept reading my mind <laughs> and I'm like, dang it <sighs> Oh. I think that's the vibe right now. That intensive that I had yesterday, I was like, ooh, I need to put a pin in this because I want to ask her about this. And then she, like, started talking about it. This happened, like, three times. Intuitive. I was like, okay. It's just the mind reading. Well, <laughs> check. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's bounce back to, um, like, our relationships with our body and, like, movement and work. So I know tons of people, like tons of people in my social circle or in my social media um, who are working on themselves, but maybe not working on them, their whole selves. Mm -hmm. If you had, you know, two or three little tidbits that you could put in anybody's ear who might be like doing their best, but falling short because they're not looking at their whole body. What maybe, what might you plug in, in someone's ear like that? Um, well, first I want to like validate the experience of not biting off more than you can chew. Mm. Um, I've had times where a client and I are working together and then they've had like something really deep get dug up in therapy and they're like, Hey, I really need to take a break from coaching and focus on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a valid experience. I don't necessarily feel like we have to be working on everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And along the same, like at the same time, I would say that whatever work you're doing on yourself mm-hmm. is inevitably going to have a holistic impact because, and I know this is not three tidbits. This is just where my brain went. No, I, <laughs> no, but, uh, uh, wherever your brain goes, I can't I count to three. I receive. I, <laughs> um, yeah. Like, and to, to use intuitive eating as an example, like when we are, when we learn how to improve our interoceptive awareness, that's our ability to like feel what's going on in our bodies. Mm-hmm. When we increase our intuition and our ability to connect with our intuition as it pertains to food and our body, we can't just, we don't just like turn that off when it comes to other things. Right. Yeah. So like, this is why a lot of my clients will end up 
leaving a toxic job and getting a better job or leaving yeah. a toxic relationship and meeting someone else. Like it's all going to have a holistic impact because mm -hmm. we, even though we sometimes try to compartmentalize things, when we have a skill, we tend to use that skill. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like when you deepen your intuition, you're going to use that intuition in every area of your life, not mm -hmm. just with food. Yeah. So like if you're focusing on one thing, great. I will say this is more of a tidbit. Like I always recommend focusing on what feels the most urgent, not what society is telling you to focus on. Okay. So if you are like, I really need to find a new job because my family doesn't like that I have this job, but you're constantly like, oh my God, I hate my body. I hate myself. I want to do this. I want to do like your energy is being wasted looking for a new job. You heal the part that feels urgent yeah. and I bet you'll get a new job anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we, we can't ignore the things that feel the most urgent if you have the means to look at that. Yeah. Good tidbit. I like that. Does that count? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That counts. <laughs> Anything counts. There are no rules in this. Great. Like you said earlier. There are no rules. Ebb, All the rules are made up. We ebb and flow. Reality is bendable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How can people work with you right now? So I always have a membership that's like open enrollment, always open. So my membership community, the Nourished and Whole Collective. Um, I'm also currently enrolling for my Nourished and Whole program, which is my group intuitive eating program. Okay. Um, so those are the ways currently. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. All things Nourished and Whole right now. Yeah. So if you don't feel nourished and you don't feel whole, let's fucking talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, <laughs> you know, those are two of the, of the big things about our body that we need to like focus on in general yeah. I wish that I learned a lot of the things that I learned from you like as a child in school mm. like I feel as if our school standards for children in America don't really align with what they should like you said they kind of align with being on the status quo yeah for sure did you GPS how to get to yeah we're gonna take a left <laughs> I was like I feel like we're right by Highland Park Village I think Okay, yeah, we are by Highland Park. Oh, cool. We're good. Wow. <laughs> you look at you knowing you're Dallas. <laughs> How long have you been in Dallas? So, Dallas proper. Um, it'll be, oh my God, six years in December. That's crazy. That I've crazy. been in DFW for eight years, um, okay. but I lived in the suburbs and I was like never actually in Dallas. Mm. Um, so, I've been in actual Dallas for about, for, yeah, it'll be six years in December. And you love it. I do love it. I love, I would say it gets a nine out of 10. The missing number is the fucking crazy drivers and the terrible roads. If we had, if we had nice smooth roads and if Dallas drivers weren't absolutely psychotic, mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Okay. We have missed most of the psychotic drivers. You heard today. it here first. <laughs> 10 out of 10 folks. What would be a 10 out of 10. Would be a 10 um, out of 10 folks. So I actually have a video that I, I, that popped up on my time hop of this is like a new thing here. Okay. Dallas drivers have stopped using turn lanes. Like, not just turn signals. They haven't used turn signals since the fucking 90s. 
um, they don't use turn lanes. So anymore? imagine just choosing to, turn to stop in. traffic when there's a turn lane next to you. I hate that. I People in Illinois do that too. I'm like... <laughs> I, you would never know that I was a yoga teacher in those moments. <laughs> you can't just make up parking spots. I bet it's a full parking lot. Oh my God, I hate Are you a yoga here. teacher? <laughs> Not uh, teaching at the moment. Not teaching at the moment. <laughs> you have no zen. I have uh, no fucking chill in those no moments. Chill. I'm like, get the fuck out of the room! <laughs> yeah, I go like full Karen. I almost went full Karen on this sad little, well, I don't know if he was sad, but I felt sad for him. Little boy in my mom's neighborhood yesterday. Oh, no. This boy maybe was maybe was five. Maybe was five. On a tricycle with his brother in the middle of the road in like a very small town. In a very small block. There's not a lot of traffic. Uh -huh. I was riding my bike not at probably five, but I was riding my bike in these roads as a kid. But I'm like pulling down the road and the older kid like hops off to the side and then keeps going down and I'm going so slow I come to a stop this five-year-old is still on his bike in the middle of the road just looking at me oh no and I can then hear his mom like get out of the road, get out of the road. Oh, and he's gosh. still just staring at me and I was like what on earth oh, is wrong no with people these days that we just get kids like cars coming let's just chill let's just freeze Oh, I felt so bad for him. Aww. Poor kid. He bad. got out of the road and I drove past and <laughs> I did not catch any type of charges that day. Thank that's good. Good. So, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. But this is where all the like $5 million homes are. They're gorgeous. They're very large and gated and expensive. expensive. So expensive. Yeah. I think uh, Jerry Jones lives over here somewhere. Does he really? And, um, Mark Cuban was recently on a podcast. Have you seen that Bobby Althoff online at all? No. It was, I think she was a school teacher turned podcast host. Okay. She like picked up a lot of uh, like traction online making like really dry, sarcastic like mom videos and like teacher videos. <laughs> okay. And then she decided she wanted this podcast that she calls The Very Good Podcast. So she had like... I guess a few hosts that were guests that like weren't celebrities by any means. And she made this TikTok saying like, I will pay someone $300 if you can get a celebrity on my podcast. So she got a comedian of some kind, which then led her to another comedian of some kind. And then she had a podcast with Mark Cuban. Oh, he rented out a space for them to have the podcast because he didn't want her to come to his home. That's so, so funny. they just did it in an empty warehouse on the ground. Awesome. <laughs> and it was super dry. But she uh, she actually ended up getting Drake on her podcast within like four, or five, four or five episodes. That's crazy. Because she got someone to get her a comedian that she paid $300. And then somebody else commented was like, oh, you should totally get this comedian, Funny Marco, on your podcast. So oh then gosh. she did a, another like replied to that TikTok and was like, hey, Funny Marco, if you want me to pay this girl $300, come be on my podcast. So he was on the podcast, and then Drake saw that episode, liked the episode, and then she slid into his DMs and was like, do you want to be on my podcast? And they filmed it in his bed. Drinking wine in his bed. That's hilarious. Yep. Are these goals for your podcast? 
I mean, I would Jackie love. To, I would love to interview celebrities. Yeah. I would absolutely love to do that. I'm just letting things flow though right now. Yeah, that's I fair. Told, I told um, Austin the other day that. Like, one day I might make some type of TikTok about, like, I will pay someone to get me a B-list celebrity on my podcast. But uh, before I do that, I would like to have, like, I don't know, 10 or 11 or 12 episodes under my belt, I think. That's fair. That's so, fair. Why, you got a celebrity for me somehow, someone? I mean... You got we, some pockets? We got some connections. You got some connections? We got some connections. All right, well, good to know. So, I'm launching merch. I'm launching the decks. They are available to And they're available purchase. to purchase. Yep. For sure, I'm really excited to use this belief deck that you have that you've created. What is what is, what is it filled with? So the belief deck is basically mantras, affirmations, whatever you want to call them, to reinforce connecting with your intuition and knowing that your body knows best. That's what I need. Yeah. You've been reading my mind for like three weeks, apparently. I got you. Thanks, friend. <laughs> Thanks, friend. I was, I was, I was at a low there for a minute within the past like three or four weeks, and like I was at a low where I was like about to call my doctor and be like, I need something for anxiety. Like I was, and I have never struggled with anxiety or depression in my life. I'm always very aware of, I mean, of it, but I mean, work anxiety is real. That's exactly where it came from. I had actually. Um, I had said it to Shelby and Shelby was like oh let's have a talk this feels so important and I was and right when she said that I was like Leslie you're so out of your body I was like you are so disassociated from your body you're just in your head you're just so anxious so in that moment I started a mantra of I feel good I look good I am good and when I got when I would get anxious like at work or That's if I was getting say. over I would just it would just on repeat I look good, I am good, I feel good, or whatever order it came out. Yeah. Just so I wasn't thinking about all of the other things all the that, shit you can control. that I can't yeah. control. Quick time out. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Do you need coffee? I mean, I'm always down for coffee. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Delicious. Thanks for the suggestion. Yes. Anytime. This is what we needed. Just, yeah, a, just the, a little pick-me-up. All the coffee spots on lock. Yeah, I've only been in this car for 12 hours now. <laughs> Thanks for picking me up. Yeah, thanks for being put on the spot. What's hot? On I, the spot. I can't wait to get in and trim this all down. Hell yeah. Have it be cohesive. I went into this experience with zero expectations and like zero bars because I, like I did not want to disappoint myself in any kind of way. And I just wanted to have fun. So, Are you having fun? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love it. Then you're doing it. Yeah, I am doing it. It's <laughs> great. I can't wait to keep doing it. I, I saw this statistic the other day somewhere. Some I don't know if it's really true or not, but... They said that most podcasts don't make it past the fourth episode, and if you can make it past 20 episodes, you have made it farther than, like, 70% of podcasters. Whoa. I was like, I can make it in 20 episodes. Hell yeah. I just gotta find that many people. But totally. I'm calling them in. They're coming. Yeah. I got some B-list or A-list celebrity connections coming out of you, apparently, so. I don't know if I would say A-list. B-list is fine. C-list is great. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Anyways, catch you next time. Bye.